Lord, aren't you thankful the Lord gave himself? Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter number 6, if you would. Matthew chapter number 6. And we're going to be finding ourselves in verse number 8 here in just a few moments. This morning I want to preach a message that I pray will be a help to you. Uh, after spending some time in prayer, uh, the Lord uh, placed this portion of Scripture on my heart as I had been reading already through the, the Gospel accounts. And Matthew chapter number 6 is one of my favorites. Uh, I love Matthew chapter number 6 and especially verse number 19 as you come to that verse. But uh, that was my life passage for some time and still I uh, think of that portion of Scripture many, many days and, and think about the, 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 the opportunity to serve the Lord. And in Matthew chapter number 6, you come to a portion of Scripture that you find two verses that deal with one of the hardest things for us to do. One of the hardest things, you begin to think about some hard things, you think about decisions that are made. Every single one of us make decisions. You make decisions what you're going to eat this morning if you ate. You made a decision to show up to the house of God. You made a decision to get up at a certain time and go to bed at a certain time. And you make decisions every single day. But this decision that I'm talking about is one of the hardest decisions to make because sometimes you know where you're at. You just don't want to. It's kind of like that individual who you're laying in bed and you know you need to get up, but you just don't want to. You want to eat healthy, but you just don't want to. Miss Kelly's been making fun of me because I have been saying for the last couple of months, I'm going to get back on it on Monday. I'm going to start eating healthy again on Monday. A week goes by. I'm, I'm telling you what, I'm going to start eating healthy on Monday. I'll even go buy some healthy food only to waste it. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to start next Monday. And you know, decisions after decision after decision. Look with me if you would. Matthew chapter number 6. Verse number 8, the Bible says, Be not ye therefore like unto them... For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Decision after decision. Uh, you're making decisions tomorrow that you uh, begin to think about, and some of you are making decisions that will affect you not only short-term, but long-term. And one of the hardest decisions to make Whenever you begin to think about this portion of Scripture is this, to forgive or not to forgive. Why is forgiveness such a hard thing? Some of you have walked into the house of God and you are, you are really struggling maybe and you're, you're, someone has hurt you, someone has said something to you. And maybe you go back and you think about uh, someone that you have uh, an issue with because of something that happened a long, long time ago and you still have not forgiven that person. Maybe this morning you've walked into the house of God and you begin to think about people who may have said some hurtful things or mocked you or maybe not necessarily done something to you, but has done something to someone that you love and you just haven't forgiven them of that situation. Forgiveness has been defined oftentimes of a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person, a group, and that group or that person maybe has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. If you were to Google what forgiveness means, that's what would pop up. And many times, maybe people will 
Google certain things like that and say, what, is, what does this mean? As you begin to think about that, that description there, a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group. This morning, maybe you have walked into the house of God and as soon as I talked about forgiveness, something or someone popped into your head. You know, it's very possible that you've walked into the house of God this morning and you're saying, you know what, I don't have anyone to forgive. I'm not mad at anyone. Maybe you've walked in the house of God and you're angry at God about something. And we'll deal with that here in just a little while. But I began to ask some folks uh, uh, just some poll questions about this, this subject of forgiveness. And, and there are many times in our lives whenever you begin to think about forgiveness or unforgiveness, as you would, that when unforgiveness is setting in, the life of an individual begins to portray actions. And all of a sudden you begin to see bitterness perking up. Anger perking up, snarky comments perking up, and all of these many things begin to to be seen because someone has an issue with someone else. And so I asked these questions and sent these groups, uh, different groups, a couple of these questions, and they answered, and this is just a, a poll. I didn't necessarily want to put it out on social media or anything, but I asked this question, why is it hard to forgive? And these are just some of the answers that were sent my way, and And maybe you find yourself on one of these answers. Maybe this morning you are already, the Lord is dealing with you on unforgiveness because you say, you know what, I need to forgive. Maybe this morning you're saying, but preacher, you don't understand the situation. I don't understand every situation. But I'm thankful for a God in heaven that does. I'm thankful that the Lord comforts, the Lord delivers, the Lord allows us to see things from His perspective at times. And we begin to see this this forgiveness or unforgiveness taking place. And so you might fall into one of these categories. Why is it hard to forgive? Pride. It's unnatural for a selfish, the selfishness that we battle. Pride just creeps in and we're unwilling to forgive. We only see things from our perspective and fail to often see how much we've been forgiven ourselves. The person who has wronged the other has not said that they're sorry. Maybe you're feeling like you've let the person off the hook that has wronged you. Maybe you're hurt and the person continues to hurt you and not care about them hurting you. You're unable to let it go and just simply give it to the Lord. These are just some of the answers that were passed. Multiple answers were passed my way. Some of them were just alike. And So maybe this morning you found yourself in one of those. Maybe you've come and you're sitting there and you're saying, you know what, I'm having a hard time forgiving this individual and it's, it's that one right there, it's that answer right there. And when someone is not forgiven another, it becomes evident in that form of bitterness or anger or, or different areas of actions that we portray. And that word bitterness speaks of angry and hurt and resentful because of one's bad experiences or a sense of unjust treatment. Simply put, they were treated unfairly in their eyes. And so how does that begin to be seen? I ask this question. Maybe the person begins to become quiet or begins to sulk and they have that demeanor. Sharp and snarky comments, grumbling and complaining begins to take place and not just with that person but in all forms of conversations with everybody. They begin to avoid specifically that individual or that group. They quit on the Lord and say, you know what, it's just not, it's not worth it anymore because who cares anymore? Spiritual growth begins to diminish and it's seen. Or maybe it's this, the critical and negative spirit begins to be evident in that person's life. You see, this morning, every single one of us is guilty sometimes if we're not careful of unforgiveness. 
Every single one of us has been wronged here this morning. I believe it to be true because at the end of the day, every single one of us are humans and we live on earth with humans and humans are humans and they're going to do human type of things. We're going to say things that we shouldn't be saying sometimes to hurt someone's feelings and we're going to do things and not even realize that we've hurt people. And, and sometimes we just harbor that unforgiveness in our lives. And the Bible goes on to say in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. This morning you've come, and maybe you're battling this area of unforgiveness, and you're saying, you know what, you're preaching on unforgiveness, but you don't realize they don't deserve it. Can I share with you, none of us for, uh, deserve forgiveness. Not a single one of us. You could talk all day and say, you know what, I deserve to be forgiven. Oh, hold up for just a moment. Every single one of us at the core is rotten and dirty. Yet as we just heard, he gave himself. He gave himself. This morning you've come and you might have grown up and you begin to think about situations that you endured or maybe you are thinking about a certain situation that you're facing right this very moment or maybe even this morning as you walk through the doors of the church, someone said something. And I'll tell you right now, Satan desires that you would hold on to all of that. And that, that that unforgiveness would just continue to hold you captive and you would just say, you know what, I'm not going to. They don't deserve it. You know what, I'm not going to because I don't want to. You know, I'm not going to because if I do, then they're just going to do it again. And you continue to give reason after reason after reason as to why you will not forgive. And so the question this morning is very simple. To forgive or not to forgive? You begin to think about that in your own personal life. There have been times in my own personal life whenever I have really had to dig deep and say, you know, Lord, I'm going to set aside my pride to forgive. And can I share with you, I'm thankful for those times whenever some people set aside their own pride to forgive me. And this morning, as we come to this portion of Scripture, notice what the Bible says in verse number 14 one more time. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And you come to this portion of Scripture, and every single one of us could begin to link a certain situation or a person to this portion of Scripture and say, you know what, I need to think about this individual. I'm, I'm thinking about this situation. I need to deal with this the right way. Well, so what is God's way? Well, what would the Lord have for us to do? What are some questions that we ought to answer this morning? Number one, we see this, who should I forgive? Notice in verse number 14, it says, For ye, if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. If you aren't careful in the Christian life, and even in life in general, when you ask this question, who should I forgive, you begin to put stipulations on who you're going to forgive. Well, sure, they're family, so of course I'll always forgive family. Well, uh, or maybe the opposite. No, they're family, so they shouldn't do that, so I'm not going to forgive them. Uh, friends, yes, I'm going to forgive my friends. And all of a sudden we begin to put stipulations on who we will forgive. Can I share with you that whenever it comes to unforgiveness, unforgiveness doesn't hurt the person that's done the wrong. Unforgiveness hurts the one that's not forgiving. 
You hold it in and all of a sudden it controls you and all of a sudden you begin to experience all of these different emotions towards that person or that situation and you begin to think about all that. And in this portion of Scripture right here, I love what the Lord does. He begins to tie everything into prayer. And it's as though the Lord is saying, if you're struggling with forgiving someone, the more time you spend with me, the easier it will be to forgive them. Have you ever been spending time with someone who you were trying to just, you know, maybe it's a friend and, and you're, you're really just having a bad day? I mean, you're struggling, you're just having a bad day, but that friend is maybe a goofy person or whatever the case might be, and it's kind of like uh, we were in the store just yesterday and Holly was acting out for just a few moments, and so I got on to her, and so Holly had this, this pouty face on. And you know this with kids, whenever kids have a pouty face on, all you have to do is try to make them laugh and you're good to go. You're golden at that point. You just start tickling them or, or start messing with them, and they, they just start smirking. And, and maybe you've been there before, whatever. You're just having a really bad day, and you just don't want to have a good day. You know what I'm talking about. You woke up, and, and things just weren't going uh, the, the, the right way, and so you just chose to be unhappy, and you just that person is trying to cheer you up. And in your mind, you're wanting to say, would you just please let me be ill? Would you just please leave me? I want to be, I want to have a bad day today. You just, you're just not in the mood is what you would say. But that person just brings out the smile. They just know how to get you to laugh or know how to get you to smile or know how to talk some sense into you. And all of a sudden, your day just slowly and gradually gets better. Growing up, I remember that I could be having the worst of days, but as soon as school was over and basketball practice started, man, everything got better. It was basketball practice time. Good time to have a good time, time to joke around, time to, to shoot a basketball. I just, you know, that, that was something for me. Sometimes we have a person in our lives. And I love what the Lord does right here. He says this, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not the men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And I love what the Lord does as he begins to deal with this. And actually in Mark chapter number 11, verse number 25 and 26, he says, And when you stand praying, notice what he says, the next word, forgive. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have any ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. The Lord is very simply helping us to understand that the more time you spend with me, the easier all of this will become. It goes back to this. What are you feeding every single day? The flesh or the spirit? You want to harbor that, that unforgiveness? Just continue to run from God and get away from the scriptures and stop praying and stop reaching out to those who would give you the wisdom to forgive. But you want to forgive? Get along with God. Spend some time in prayer. You know, it's a, it's a hard thing sometimes whenever someone has wronged you to go to the Lord and pray for that person, isn't it? I mean, if Jacob was to, to, to wrong me, it'd be a hard thing for me not just to say, you know what, I'm going to get him back. The Lord deals with this, and he begins to say this, and when you stand praying in Mark 11, he says, forgive. Well, who should we forgive? Anyone? Can I share with you, don't put stipulations on who you forgive. Don't say, well, you know what, I'm going to forgive this person because they're, they're, they're a close family friend of mine, or I'm going to forgive this person because I, I like this person. No, forgive anyone that does wrong to you. You say, well, what if, they don't know if I forgive them, so what does it matter? Go to that person and tell that person that you forgive them. 
You know, it's a sad story. I don't know that I've ever personally experienced this. Maybe once or twice have we ever experienced where I, I've known someone to come up to me and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know that so you, you dealt with something or you said something and, and I just had to go and I, I just want to let you know I got that right with that individual. But can I share with you, it's a relief. Some of you, at this very moment, if you are harboring that unforgiveness, uh, that spirit of unforgiveness, you know that the, the weight of waking up and you hear that person's name and all of a sudden you get ill, you, you see that person's face and you get mad, you see that situation and you get frustrated and, and it's one of the most devastating things to live your life that way the rest of the life. I hate to hear stories of, of people who have gone on for, for many, many years being angry at someone and unforgiving that person just because they didn't want to. And you know how it affects all of us. Every single one of us, if you've ever been around someone who, who, is, who has that unforgiving spirit, they're just no fun to be around. If Jared were to say something to Jaden right this very moment, and Jaden were to get offended, and all of a sudden, every single time they walk into the youth group, they're just, they, they're just going at each other. Well, guess what they're doing? They're ruining the spirit of the youth group. They're not making the youth group any more fun. They're, they're just Now they're, they're making their friends have to, to decide who they're going to side with on those things because guess what they're going to do? Well, whose side are you on? Whose friend are you on? Can I share with you? Don't do that. Get it right. The Bible goes on to tell us here, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. The Lord not only ties together the prayer, but if you want to forgive, forgive others also. Luke 6, verse number 37, Judge not, and ye shall not be judged, and condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. You say, fine, I'll forgive them, but only this time. Can I share with you, it's been said before that a bitter person will never be able to pray a prayer that is not bitter. You begin to think about prayer, and, and if it comes from a... The, the bitterness from the heart will all of a sudden turn a prayer into a bitter prayer. And you begin to think about that sometimes, and you're harboring that bitterness, and you're harboring that unforgiving spirit, and you won't just forgive that person. All of a sudden, the Lord is convicting you of that daily and every single time, and you're saying, I will not. I will not. Only until finally you just have it in such a way where you're like, fine, I'll do it. Well, I'm convinced. Last night as we were sitting there, Kelly had told Holly to go and do something. Holly's, y'all pray for that girl. She's in teen years right around the corner. It's going to be rough for her. But she was told to do something, and she did not want to do it. I said, excuse me? And she just looked at me. She goes, fine, I'll do it. I told her, I said, go clean your room. Knowing, number one, that her and Jackson are the ones who made the mess in their room. I said, go clean your room. And she's walking down the hall and she's saying, but it's a disaster. Well, you made the disaster. Clean up the disaster. Can I share with you, sometimes we walk around just like that. The Lord's saying, I, I want you to forgive this person. Fine, I'll forgive them. Can I share with you, I'm not convinced. And I know the Lord's not convinced. The Lord desires that we would forgive anyone and everyone. And as you begin to think about that bitterness that begins to perk up, can I bring to light someone that I truly believe had every 
every opportunity and every, I would say, if we were to, to talk about someone in Scripture that we'd say, you know what, that person had a right, I think one person comes to mind, that person is Job. Can I share with you, let, let me fast forward to the, the story of Job. and In verse number 15 of chapter number 13, he, it says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And you say, well, remind me of everything that Job went through, and I'll tell you if it's worse than what I've been through. Or if it's worse than what this person has said to me or done to me, well, let's just start from the very beginning. Job lost his flock. It's pretty rough. All of a sudden, he lost his herd. He lost his home. You say, okay, so he's, he's lost the materialistic things. That's, what's the big deal? If those are things that you can get back, he lost his health. He lost his friends. He lost his children. Of all people that we read about in Scripture sometimes and we begin to think about people who could have been bitter, I mean, his wife stands there and says, just curse God and die. People begin to talk about him. Oh, it must be because of the, the sin that he has committed and things. There must be something going on there. And Job, in chapter number 13, verse number 15, says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. It's an amazing thing as you begin to think about those barriers that are built up between us and the Lord when bitterness and unforgiveness begins to be in our lives. You begin to think about the bitterness and it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt the one that we're bitter at. It hurts us because all of that is being built up. I've seen people and I've talked to people who the bitterness is written all over their faces. They have conversations about people or they talk about places or they talk about situations and the bitterness has controlled them and the, the unforgiveness has controlled them to the point where they can't have a normal conversation any longer. They're angry at everyone because they're angry at that person. They're angry at every situation and because of that situation. They're not happy when other people are happy because they don't deserve it. I'm not happy. All because they won't forgive someone. All because they're harboring all of that unforgiveness in. And the Bible goes on in this portion of Scripture says in verse number 15, But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You see, even when he didn't understand, speaking of Job, he was still able to just accept the simple fact that, hey, maybe I'm not seeing things from the Lord's perspective. Maybe there's something I'm not seeing. If I were to ask this morning by raised of hands, and I'm not going to, I don't want you to raise your hands, but if I were to ask to raise your hand, I believe every hand would go up if I said, how many of you have been hurt by someone? I believe every single one of our hands would go up because someone along the way has said something or done something. And if you're still harboring that unforgiveness, could I encourage you to get it right? You say, well, what's the big deal? That, that, that fellowship with the Lord is hindered. That relationship is, 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 is hurt there. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So we ask the question, who should I forgive? Number two, notice with me, how often should I forgive? Now, if you're familiar with the, the Jewish customs and the Jewish, if you would, concept of forgiveness, you'll understand that in the Jewish uh, customs, they would say, well, let's, let's do it this way. And this is something we're seeing more and more in our day. As a matter of fact, we're not even, I don't think, seeing it this far. But in Jewish customs, they would say, if someone does you wrong, you forgive them one time. If someone does you wrong, you forgive them the second time. If someone does you wrong, you forgive them the third time. But after that third time, you don't forgive them any longer. And so Peter approaches the Lord and he asks that question, Lord, how should I forgive? And, and what does Jesus say? Seven times seventy. 
Now, sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll say, okay, well, what is seven times 70? The point that Jesus was trying to get across is every time. There is no limit. Go with me, if you would, to Matthew for just a moment. As you begin to see in Matthew chapter number 18, you'll see in these portions of these verses here that Peter, dealing with this, in Matthew chapter number 18, verse number 21, you see this subject of forgiveness being brought up. And in verse number 21, the Bible says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him till seven times? Now, it's interesting here. Peter knew the Jewish concept. He knew the, the customs. And he doesn't just say, hey, three times. That's, that's what we're, we're supposed to do. No, he doubles it, and then he adds one. As if it was to, to, to almost say, well, I'll go not only just those three times, but I'll double it, and for extra measure for them, I'll add one. Notice what Jesus says as you continue reading. Verse number 22, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto you thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven times. Begin to see that he is helping them understand, hey, there's no limit. There's no limit. So let's now ask this question again, to forgive or not to forgive? Who should we forgive? Everyone. Whenever someone that's done you wrong, forgive them. Every situation, forgive. Well, how often should I forgive? Every time. But let's be real for just a moment. Because this is where... The yielding to the Lord, the growing and maturing in our faith and in our walk with the Lord must take place because we all know that our human comprehension and and truly what our flesh would begin to say is we can only take it so many times. Right? It's easier said than done. Seven times 70, you're saying continue to forgive that person? I mean, that person, every single time that we're in, 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 having a conversation, they just say something hurtful. Every single time that I'm around them, they do something and it hurts me. And you're saying I should forgive them every single time? Yes. That's what the Lord says. And here's the, the thing that we have to understand. At that point, the Lord begins to give us the understanding and, and grow us in these things. I made this statement A while back, every single person that is in my life, I am thankful for. Some I am thankful for because they've been a blessing, and some I'm thankful for because God has used them to teach me a lesson. But I'm still thankful for them. If I were to use this row of young men right here, if Jared were to be, let's just use him as my best friend for this moment, and Jared was my best friend, I'd be thankful to God that, man, he's been a blessing to me. Jaden, man, he has been a thorn in my flesh. He's always causing issues. And, hey, I'm still thankful for him, but in a different way. I'm thankful for him because maybe the Lord has used him to teach me how to deal with people. Devin, all of a sudden, Devin begins to come, and Devin becomes my my buddy, but Devin still says some hurtful things. And so all of a sudden, Devin is being used. I'm thankful for Devin because of, uh, let's just say, Devin saying some hurtful things, but I still forgive Devin, and I'm thankful for Devin because, you know, I'm learning how to to really deal with the situations of, of people and how they say hurtful things. Bobby, right? Bobby. Me and Bobby just, we just, I'm thankful for him. We become... Uh, buds, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he and I become like family. And you see, there's different relationships, but I can still be thankful for them. Amen. You say, you're telling me that I should be thankful for every single person that is put in my life? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
You see, if Jaden is my thorn in the flesh and Jared is my best friend, I might not hang out with Jaden all the time because I know what's coming with Jaden. Which I guess he told my mom that he's my favorite teenager in the youth group. So there's that thorn in the flesh, that lying right there, just creeping up in church. I'm just joking. But I know what's coming with Jaden. But I can still be thankful for Jaden. Because, Lord, you're using Jaden to sharpen some things in my life. How many of you know that you have a little bit more patience with children after you had some children? Now that you have, your children have gone out of the house, maybe now that the children are not always in your house, some of you are saying, you know what, I don't have patience with children anymore because it's not on a regular basis. But as you had children, that patience was being formed in your life. Or maybe there was a, a leader in your life that began to, to really instill a work ethic in your life, and the Lord used that person. They might have been harsh, but the Lord used that person to help you to become a better worker. The same is said in our lives of every single person, whether good or bad experiences with them, that we can be thankful for them because God has used them in some way, shape, or form. Can I share with you for just a moment that anything that is processed through the mouth of someone else, God saw fit to allow process to you. And that's a sharpening of, of hey, was it, was it God's desire? Not necessarily. But God says, hey, this is coming. Let's see. Uh, this is coming to Brother Cyrus Garrison. Let's see how he handles this real quick. Oh, he handled it great. Or maybe he says something back. Oh, probably wouldn't have said that. Oh, Brother Phil Post, this, an action's coming. Someone's going to do something. Let's see how Brother Phil Post handles it. Oh, he did it awesome. Oh, he did it. Forgiveness is something sometimes that is so hard. It's been said by many that a forgiven man must be a forgiving man. And I wonder this morning if we have fallen into that courtier, that we are understanding that we are forgiven, and so we must too forgive. Number three, we see this in this portion of Scripture as well. How often should I forgive all the time? Who should I forgive? Everyone. Number three, why should we forgive? I believe that's an, that's an easy answer for us. Why should we forgive? Well, go with me if you would. Ephesians chapter number four for just a moment. As you come and you begin to study the Word of God, I believe that the more you get into the Word of God, the more humbled you become because you begin to see all that God has done in your life and you begin to see that, hey, I didn't deserve all of these things. Last, this past Monday as I went to Crown, I was able to, to share one of my favorite stories about the man who walked into the hotel and as he walked into the hotel, he began to be asked to pray that prayer with the staff. Fast forwarding, he has the conversation with the, the worker. He says, is this all your people? He says, no, there's one more, but she's not worthy. He says, go get her. I'm not going to pray until uh, she comes. He spends time in prayer with the, the staff. Afterwards, he's talking to the young lady, and he begins to get her history, her background. And he tells her to pray this prayer. He says, I want you to pray this prayer until I come back. Lord, show me myself. He goes away, comes back, comes back to the girl. He begins to ask about how she's doing. The, he says, how's this young girl? He says, oh, man, this young girl is useless to us. All she does is weep. All she does is cry. She doesn't work hard. She, she can't do anything. All she does is sulk all day, every day. And so he tells her, go and get this young lady. The young lady comes, and she's talking to the preacher, and he says, you've been praying this prayer. Show me myself. And she said, oh, yes, I have. I've been praying. Lord, show me myself. And boy, has he. I'm wicked, I'm vile, I'm ugly, I'm nasty, I'm, I'm the worst of the worst sinners. And he goes on to tell her, now pray this prayer, Lord, show me thyself. 
And she goes and she begins to pray, Lord, show me thyself. He goes and he never comes back to that hotel. Years down the road, he's preaching a revival meeting. And after the revival meeting, a young girl comes up to him and she is now a young lady and she's talking and she says, you don't remember me, do you? He says, I'm sorry, I see a lot of faces I, I don't recall. And she said, there was a hotel that I worked at and you taught me two prayers. The first one was show me myself. And oh boy, did he. The Lord showed me myself. I was rotten. I was wicked. I was a sinner. And I was in need of a Savior. But I didn't know all of those things. And then you taught me the prayer, Lord, show me thyself. And boy, did he. Ah, the Lord showed me thyself. And man, he, he, he was, he's wonderful. And I ended up accepting the Lord as my personal Savior. And my life has never been the same. And God, every step of the way, has continued to show me myself. And every single time that He shows me myself, I see just still how rotten I am and how wonderful He is. And so this morning you say, why should I forgive? Because if we were truly judging on if we were all deserving of forgiveness, none of us would be. None of us would be. Ephesians chapter number 4, look with me if you would, at verse number 30. Verse number 30, the Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You say, well, what if they don't deserve it? They deserve it. If God has forgiven you, you can forgive them. As you come to this portion of Scripture and you begin to think about the subject of, of forgiveness and bitterness and harboring that all in, can I ask you this question? To forgive or not to forgive? You see, at the end of the day, when the invitation is given, if you know the Lord is dealing with you, you have the opportunity to come and get that right with God and also get that right with the individual. Get that right with the situation. This morning, if you've come to the house of God and you say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with this, then I want to share just a few things that unforgiveness does. Unforgiveness imprisons your life. It paralyzes your life. It sours your life. It blinds your life. It breaks your life. But forgiveness frees your life. It empowers your life. It sweetens your life. It heals your life. And see, the decision lies here this morning that you get to decide. There are people that will die harboring unforgiveness in their heart. There are people that are going to go on the rest of the days of their life and they're going to hold on to that unforgiveness and they're going to harbor it in and they're going to play the part, but deep down they're struggling. And look with me, if you would, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 30, one more time. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. It's a very interesting thing sometimes when we walk into the house of God and we spend time in our homes and we say, God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to do something wonderful in my life. And all of a sudden, God begins to convict us and say, okay, you need to get this right. Anything but that. God, I want to be used, but I will not forgive that person. They deserve to be unforgiven. No. God, I will not. And all of a sudden, we begin to realize that we've grieved the Holy Spirit. God, I want to be more like you every single day. I will not forgive that person, though. You can't be more like Christ. You see, one of the decisions has to be made. And as it goes on to say, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. 
Some of you have been wronged. No doubt about it. I don't know your situations, but I believe that in an auditorium this size with people here, some of you have been wronged. Some of you have had people that have said hurtful things to you. Some of you have faced situations that only God knows that you faced. Can I encourage you? Forgive. Forgive. Ephesians chapter number 4, those words, forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. It's been said many times in people's lives, and I believe this to be true, that fighting bitterness is a full-time job. Fighting bitterness is a full-time job. As you begin to think about bitterness, you begin to think about your, your life, there, there, there is an understanding within all of our lives that that individual that is bitter, bitterness, a bitter person doesn't keep that bitterness to himself. The snarkiness comes out, the, the holding it in, and, and, and all of a sudden being critical comes out, the avoidance comes out, all of those things. And as you go back to Matthew chapter number 6, you begin to see that the statement is made clear. And I wonder this morning, what will you do with it? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you will, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I close with this this morning. Some of you have walked into the house of God and you will not forgive. I don't know the situation. I don't know the person. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're facing. All I know is the Lord led me to preach on this subject this morning. This morning, some of you have walked in the house of God, and maybe you are the the person who has walked in and you say, you know what? I'm lost. I'm dying and going to hell if I were to die right now because there is no way God could forgive a sinner like me. Can I share with you that the Bible teaches us and shows us that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That we understand that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, not just for some sinners, not just for the good sinners, not just for the bad sinners, not just for the okay sinners, because they're all sinners. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, the Romans road begins to help us to understand that we are all sinners and that we deserve death. We come to realize that in spite of all of that, as we heard the ladies' group sing, he still gave himself. You see, every single one of us, if we were to sit back for just a few moments and ask the Lord, Lord, show me myself, you'd be overwhelmed at just how awful we truly are. You'd be overwhelmed if you were to say, Lord, show me myself, and all of a sudden God begins to to just humble you and show you just how wicked and just how vile and just how much of a sinner you are. Lord, I need your forgiveness. Lord, I need you. And you were asking, Lord, show me thyself, and he begins to show you just how wonderful he is. And all of a sudden he's going to begin to reveal to you, hey, I need that person to see just how wonderful I am as well. Forgive them. Forgive them. This morning I asked this question, to forgive or not to forgive. It's the hardest of all. The Lord deals with it in Scripture. And I wonder this morning if you've come to the house of God and you're harboring some unforgiveness and you just need to give it to the Lord and say, Lord, take it. 
I'm tired of holding on to this. Lord, I want to be more Christ-like. All right, forgive him. I just can't do it. Forgive. It's a burden taken off. It's a weight taken off. Lord, I want to be like, I want to be used. You've got to forgive. Can I encourage you? If there's an issue that you have with someone, get it right this morning. If there's a problem that you've been facing with a circumstance and you've got some bitterness and unforgiveness, give it to the Lord. Ask for forgiveness. Forgive that person and allow the Lord to use it. Lord, we do thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we come to you asking that you would have your will and way. Lord, there are people all in this world that are unforgiving. And Lord, oftentimes we expect to be forgiven but won't give forgiveness. And Lord, as it's been said, a forgiven man must be a forgiving man. Lord, I pray that we would be a forgiving people. Lord, sometimes if we're not careful, we harbor that bitterness, we harbor that unforgiving spirit, and it begins to overtake us, and all of a sudden, through all of our actions and our conversations, it begins to show forth. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that has an issue with another, I pray that they'd get that right. Lord, if there's someone who is harboring that unforgiveness, I pray that they'd give it to you. And Lord, that they'd forgive that person or that situation. Or Lord, that they would ask that you would show them the perspective. Lord, maybe they're angry with you. I pray that they would see it from your perspective. I pray that you'd guide us now, direct us. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray.